Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right. Movie the Podcast. It is week two of Summer of Speed, and we watch Ronald Howard's Rush, starring Thor and Baron Zemo, and we're going to talk about it. Right off the jump, by the way, this movie movie made $100 million in the box office, and I, like, never heard of it. Like, I, I... this is like a hit. This is a big hit. I I just remember I remember seeing the ads for it and being like, I don't know if, I'm, if I want to see an F1 movie. But yeah, I, I will say this. After this, I'm much more interested in F1 than I am NASCAR. Do you it remember like when a, they... It seems like the superior sport. Midway made all those fucking like red card soccer and uh, yeah. MLB. And they made an F1 game that was actually like a lot of fun where it was just like, it was like burnout meets F1. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, that though. sounds kind of wild. That sounds awesome. What was the? I think we well, basement rules. We probably already talked about it. But what was the Sylvester Stallone F one movie? Driven. Driven. Yeah. Doesn't he drive on the ceiling of a tunnel using downward force from his fucking fins? He also. He also like. No, you're thinking of Men in Black. He like. Uh, fl- there's some dumb bullshit where he like flips a quarter and like and and like can uh, tell the 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 tire tread by how he runs over the quarter. Or so. It's like. <laughs> Doesn't he like? Doesn't he have like so much downforce? He like sucks fucking uh, pot, like uh, manhole covers up off the ground and some shit. I, I've never actually I seen it. I've I don't seen know clips of it where people are goofing on it. So they should just make a wipeout XL movie. Just make it yes. like hell yeah, or an F Zero <laughs> movie. Yeah, or Hydro Thunder. Yes, mm. or Wave Race sixty four, or Cobra um, Triangle, or Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what did you all watch this week, uh, Alec? Uh, I watched one thing. One thing. One thing. New release: the Bob's Burgers movie. Oh, yeah, how was that? that? It's a lot of fun. It's really good. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, it's like it's unlike the Simpsons movie, where the Simpsons movie is great, but it's not the greatest thing they ever did. Like there are episodes that are much better than that movie. Oh, absolutely. Like this this movie felt like the best thing Bob's Burgers has done. It felt like a culmination. Ooh, it was wow. really good. Wow. Um we lo- we both loved it. <laughs> is it a musical? Yes. Cool. Is I mean the show the show the whole show's basically a musical. Oh, right, right. They have songs like every episode. Is this um, them putting a putting a an end to Bob's Burgers or is this still just in continuity? No, I no, think they're just just a movie. I think they're, they're still. I think they're still for going. A while, yeah, they're they're going to be around for a while. <clears throat> they, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and like it's all the all the people you would expect to show up show up at it. All Not their Jimmy Pesto, <laughs> all their side characters. Um, all they did something happen to him. They showed him. He's across the street. Yeah, he's like uh, he got Jack Del Rio, didn't he? Yeah, he was actually at the January sixth. Uh, riot or whatever the insurrection, whatever you want to call uh, it. Well, they showed him, so I guess he, he didn't, didn't have any lines. So I guess he didn't talk. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. And I was wondering, I was wondering why, because the the plot revolves around a big sinkhole opens right in front of the restaurant. Uh, and I was wondering why Jimmy Pesto didn't make fun of him for it. But that there we go. That's why. That's why. Because he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> he, he was involved in that dust up. Oh, oh, that that, that little uh, that what little skirmish. Jack Del Rio is such a fucking moron. Also, um, like Jack Del Rio was like, uh, you know, in the NFL, went went on strike way back in the day. So, like, he was like one of the loudest people for like unionization, and it's just like, oh, 
I had it like a yay boo when they're like Ron Rivera's like, I'm finding Jack Del Rio $100,000. I was like, yay. And it's like, we're donating it to the police memorial fund. I was like, boo. boo. Uh, anyway, anything else, Alan? Uh, no, you should go check out the movie. It's uh, I really want to see it. It's a lot I, of fun, uh, and there are some parts of it where they like they changed up not the animation style, but it felt like they changed up the way the mechanics work in the animation at a few points. Like Mainly, the depth like, is different, or something. Kind of, and it might have just been for the movie for the like aspect ratio. Maybe I don't know, but like it felt more polished. I thought that was the same way in the Simpsons movie. But not the whole movie, though. I guess mainly, like, the big dance, like, the big musical numbers. I guess where there's a lot of shit going on, and people aren't, like, just standing still. Dude, it's crazy David Herman has done so much fucking work, like, in voiceover. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I saw, uh... I saw, speaking of, uh, a peer of David Herman's, I can't even think of his name, but he was... Bill Lamar. Phil Lamar, thank you. <laughs> but, like, I saw somebody post something on, like, Facebook, and they met him, and they're, like, voice actor Phil Lamar. And I was like, well, he was a regular actor, too. Like, I remember yeah, he got shot on the face. Bad TV, and uh, he's on a bunch of stuff. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, yeah. What's it? Marvin. he's the guy that Marvin. got shot. He got shot in yeah. the face. Holy shit. That's right. I didn't way, realize. He's way more known for his voice roles. True. Yeah. Than his live action stuff. Like, I could have named... Hermes is the one that always pops into my head, but I know he's done bigger stuff. Hermes Conrad. Yeah. It's the best thing he's ever... Anybody who's been on Futurama, that's the best thing they've ever done. That is correct. Plus the bureaucrat song rules that one where he has to go get his bureaucrat grade upgraded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is the... That's the theme of Don't Worry, Be Happy. It's something else. Oh, fuck it. I love that fucking show, though. But it's where Bender loses his personality chip and, like, they have to work in a rhyme where he just goes, I am Bender, please insert girder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's all I watched, and it was great. I recommend it. Uh, awesome. I think David Herman's on that show, too. I think he's scruffy. Yeah, he's... I think he is. Oh, is he? I think so. I know Phil Lamar's on there. I didn't know David Herman. It wouldn't, yeah. surprise, it wouldn't surprise me, though. Like He is a lot of things on Futurama, apparently. I think he's also the welcome to the world of tomorrow. Shut up, that guy. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense (laughs) if you think about the voice. Yeah. Um, Sean. Uh, Nothing. Uh, Just the fucking Celtics ruining my life. But you know Maverick's going to make a billion dollars. And if you would have asked me, even though I really wanted to see that movie, I would have told you that movie's going to make $70 million tops. Like, I thought it was going to be a humongous flop. Because, like, who gives a shit? Like, crazy. Yeah, so did I. But, like, that's fucking nuts. And, like, it... Go ahead, Gox. I said they they fucking pulled a... Joe Flacco and bet on themselves and waited after the after the pandemic and it worked out. Bro, that out. movie's made seven hundred million dollars worldwide, and the reviews nice. came in for Jurassic Park World, and they are not good. Have you seen <laughs> these? So, I I only see them on like Hulu. Basically, when I'm watching Futurama and I see commercials, <laughs> um, there are these commercials for Maverick. Like, there's an Applebee's tie-in. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's some other restaurant tie, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! What, like what I, Applebee's and Sonic, maybe or something like that. Yeah. Does he buzz in Applebee's? Like what, what, what I thought? Was I funny, want some butts. Uh, the, one of the last times I went to the theater, they have you know they have like those like soda <coughs> machines, the, like the freestyle Coke machines. 
Yeah, yeah. that are like the touch screens. Well, even those have ads on them, and they had a Maverick tie-in for that, where it's like Seagram's like limited edition Maverick ginger ale. Oh yeah, <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> they were out of it, unfortunately. I'm like gonna try dying it. to see that movie. I don't know why I haven't gone yet, but I really want to see it. Yeah, I want to go see it too. Because it, I feel like it's gonna lose something at home, but whatever. Yeah, well, it looks it it looks really cool. Like apparently. Uh, they did a bunch of shit to, for like uh, with like special cameras and stuff. Apparently yeah, and they got the Chinese all fucking uh, wound up because they thought they made a real plane, some <laughs> super plane that the Chinese got all tight about. And awesome. uh, I think YMS gave them their highest score ever, a six out of ten. Yeah, yeah, he liked it. Yeah, so. he hated uh, the original Top Gun, which I thought was interesting. It, let's let's change it up. You don't go last this time, TJ. Uh, I watched like one and a quarter things. Um, I watched a little bit of Neil Blumkamp's like he's got I guess you'd call it like a short film collection on Netflix called Oats Studios. Okay. Um, and it's like most of his stuff after uh, District Nine, where it's like the idea is cool, the visuals are cool, and then the characters start talking, and I just lose all interest. Like that terrible needs- South African action. No, it's the writing. I don't care about the accents. It's just like he needs to find. Like I don't know how. Like I mean, his stuff has just been so bad. After, I mean, he made a movie last year that like no one even talks about called Demonic. That's like oh that pandemic movie. Does he just have one good movie now? Is that it? Yes. Yes. That's a shame. But it's like he he has us like if he just hired somebody to write, he'd be like amazing. Cause he's got like, he's got the visual side down and he has good ideas. Like he had like the, the, the plot of the, like the, the, um, the one short story that I watched is like, you know, typical like alien invasion stuff, but it's cool and it looks good. And like, it's just, he doesn't know how to write, like just get somebody else to write your fucking scripts, bro. Like anyway, uh, I also watched a movie that you'll pr- if uh, well I don't know Sean might be surprised that I've never seen it. I was surprised I'd never seen it. I watched Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Oh wow! Uh, I've never seen that before. Um, I watched it. It's on Shutter. They have the special director's cut on Shutter. Also, uh, Ken Russell's The Devils is available on Shutter right now, and that movie yeah, that's was- a real crowd pleaser. Well, it's basically that movie was impossible to find yeah. for like ever. The movie's basically been out of print. Like, um, I don't think it actually, it's not out of print. I don't think it's ever had a home release, a proper home release. Um, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. I didn't watch that, but I was right. shocked to see it on Shutter. So, so let me ask you this on a scale of zero to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, how gay did you find Nightbreed? Uh, it's, it's not as gay as I was hoping it to be. Like the main character is like in his underpants and wet for like the first 10 minutes of the movie a lot. It's like, all right, man. Like it's like a, I don't know. It's like a fun movie, but it's like, it's incoherent. Like it, like Clyde Barker is not a very good director. And like the, the scenes just kind of get stitched together like they just kind of like they don't really flow very well they just kind of jump around uh there are some really cool moments in the movie david cronenberg is the villain in the movie which is kind of cool and uh he's got this really cool mask and there's like some really great scenes where he like murders people like those scenes are great but like the the bigger story like doesn't make a whole lot of sense 
And like, I don't really know what the night breed are. They kind of are vampires. They kind of are just like weird monsters. They live in like an underground city. Uh, for some reason, David Cronenberg is aware of this city, but like the connection between like him and them is never really established. And like, so the the plot of the movie is is that the main character, whose name I uh, what is it? It's a silly name, and they keep saying it over and over and over again. That's like I can't think of his fucking name, but it's it's a name that like no one is named. I, can't, I can't, anyway doesn't matter. He is having nightmares about this like the these monsters chasing him into this like this hidden city, and he's going to psychotherapy, and at one point. Like, this is all, it's weird because this stuff is the stuff you'd expect to be focused on because it's like, it's important to the rest of the story. But like, it's told in like, you remember when you said this kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay. But like, basically, this guy was in psychotherapy with David Cronenberg. And David Cronenberg, uh, I guess while he was in psychotherapy, he, uh, he, he talked about like having dreams of murdering people and doing all this stuff. And then people actually are murdered, and David Cronenberg is, like, gaslighting him into thinking that he actually did the murders, but David Cronenberg is the one that did the murders. But, like, why? We don't really know. Uh, Then he eventually finds this, like, monster town, and he gets murdered, and then becomes one of the monsters. It's very... (laughs) It's, like, all over the fucking place. And then, like, I don't know. The end of the movie is like a shootout between the cops and the monster men. It's fucking wild. Like, I I don't know. I can't. It is of its time. It is very of its time. And it is very confusing. And like, it feels like the last episode of like a long running TV series. (laughs) Like, I don't. I don't. I read the like. I read the the quick synopsis of the book, and it sounds pretty accurate to what the book was because Clive Barker wrote the book, obviously. Well, and he the also book's called um, Cabal. Cabal. Yeah. yeah. So he he wrote the book, and then he wrote the screenplay, and it looks pretty close. So it's like I don't know. I guess like all the stuff is intentional, but it feels like you're missing a lot, and like it seems like Clive Barker wants to make this like an epic, and it just it, I don't know. Again, Maybe I don't, because okay. he's like a kind of newish. Did he direct Hellraiser two? No, he directed uh, Hellraiser one. one that movie yeah. rules. But maybe yeah. it was just like one of those. You don't know what you're doing, and you just hacked it all to shit. Yeah, I mean, it feels that way. Like again, it's not bad, and there's some really great gore, and the monsters are fun. Like they're all practical. Uh, Doug Bradley is in it, which is yeah. fun. Um, Who's the guy? That looks like Mac tonight. I forget his Reese name. Witherspoon. Yeah. He's like just got a big moon head. It's it's very strange, but like I don't know. It 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 feels like that. Like you needed another draft. I don't know how to like else to describe it. Like because it just feels so disjointed. Like the whole way through. And again, like I I thought that there was going to be some reveal that like Cronenberg was also one of the night people, but I guess he's not. He's just like a psychopath that murders people. Also, his mask, like Gogs, look up. Night Does he has the button eyes. Yeah, it's. Fucking I'm, I've awesome. never seen it either. I'm just flipping through images. It looks it's that mask fun, is horrifying. It's a fun movie. I this is also probably the worst way to watch it because I I wouldn't like this was a half an hour longer because it's a director's cut and I I wonder how I would have felt if I watched the the regular version. 
Uh, but I don't know. It's still it was a fun, fun eighties like you know B movie. Like I, I enjoyed it. It's a mess, but it's a it's a fun mess. Like I, I thought you were gonna say uh, you watch Russian uh, supernatural war movie Night Watch. No, the... I've seen that. I <laughs> yeah. hate that movie. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, I hated that movie so much. I, I should go back and rewatch it though. I remember that movie ends in like it turns into like a fighting game. Between yeah. like the two, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's real stupid. And then the yeah. sequel's even worse. Yeah, I, I and then there was, was supposed to be a third one, and it never came out. I think I always got Nightbreed and Monster Squad mixed up when I saw their out their covers. I'll tell you what. Uh, one last thing about Nightbreed: the font for Nightbreed is fantastic. Like that font, I remember seeing that font in video stores when I was a kid. Like that is a great font. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun movie. I recommend it. It's it, it, like again, it. It's going for a lot of things. It kind of misses a lot of them, but it's still kind of entertaining. Like, just don't. It's just, don't think about it too much. You know what I mean? Like, just don't don't spend any real time thinking about what's going on or like because nothing makes any sense. But uh, yeah, so uh, Gogs. Uh so I ended up watching five things. Oh my, oh my god. god! Yep. So. Here we go. Five things. Two of them are repeats. So they'll you be quit your quick. job or something. No, well, one of them was a one of them I forgot about from last week. Uh, so watch *Romancing the Stone*. That movie still slaps. Uh, that seems like a weird movie to just watch. Like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, me and me and Liz watched it because we were reminiscing about it. And we watched it together. It was a lot of fun. You're reminiscing like about being seven. Yeah, <laughs> I like that movie. It's got you know, it's uh, probably the. Uh, you know the the most adventurous version of um, Kathleen Turner you're going to get. Well, that not the most Jewel adventurous denial. version of uh, Michael Douglas, where he got no. throat cancer by eating poon. But yeah, is, not, are are that and Jewel of the Nile actually sequels, or are they just the same? They cast? are actually sequels. Oh, Jewel of gotcha. the Nile is a sequel to Romance and Stone. Gotcha. Um, I showed Van the uh, the rock version of Jumanji. That was a lot of fun. I still like that movie a lot. Uh. We watched so new stuff. I watched that Chip and Dale movie, and I actually liked it quite a bit on Disney Plus. I thought it was pretty funny, and the cast is really good in it. And I thought all the jokes for all the '90s kids with kids now watching the movie that we're used to watching, whatever that after school what what do they call that the that like that Disney four pack of shows that would happen like right after oh, school. What was that called? Shit, with like Ducktales. Tailspin, Tailspin, Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. Duck. Darkwing Duck, yeah, or Goof Troop. Sometimes I think. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know. I used to get the magazine at the grocery store, the little Digest magazine. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It's got um, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the two lead voices. It's got J.K. Simmons in it. Um, I, I thought it was pretty funny, and it's got a very Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibe, and like that's sort of the plot. I was telling TJ the other day. It's like the the uh um this isn't the this isn't a spoiler for the Chip and Dale movie, but uh Peter Pan is a washed up child actor and he is uh <laughs> he is stealing he is stealing prominent uh cartoon like so in the movie, right? Like it's like Roger Rabbit where the cartoons are actually actors and they're they're kidnapping prominent cartoons from like the nineties and eighties and wherever, and then putting them through this sort of weird uh, cartoon plastic surgery machine and then 
and then forcing them to be in basically uh, offshore knockoff versions of their own movies. Uh, <laughs> so, like, they get into, like, debt, and then all of a sudden, they, they like, Flounder gets kidnapped, and he gets, like, reshaped into a different yellow fish, and now instead of being in The Little Mermaid, he's in, like, the tiny fish woman or something. Um, it was just called the Disney afternoon. The block that's program. what it was. And they really, they really broke the creative bank with that title. Well, I, yeah. it's, it's according to Wikipedia internally, it was referred to as the Disney Kellogg Alliance. So I guess it was some kind of <laughs> capitalist nightmare programming block. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like some kind of like war pack. Like, it sounds uh, like an army <laughs> in shadow run. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I like that. Uh, I watched uh, Assassination Nation, yeah. which Slaps. I thought was which was a I thought was a really interesting. Uh, the movie was like you know hyper reality, like hyper violent, but yeah. the real the themes that I took from it, like it was like a weird story about like morality. Like the most quote unquote immoral character was the one with the best moral compass. Yeah, and the one that like and then the empathetic journey of Bex throughout the movie was yeah. really interesting. It's a hard um, movie for me to recommend to people because, like, even I, like, had a hard time sitting through the first ten minutes when they're kind of, like, setting up the editing style, for lack of a better term. Like, it's a very, like, chaotic movie to try and watch at first. I'm like, I don't know if I can make it through this, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, and it's a little, yeah. like, I don't know, like, Diablo, Cody, Gilmore yeah. girls like, quippy. Yeah. But, like, it's really good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen anything done by that person. Uh, uh, Levingston, uh, uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Levingston. Yeah, but I thought it was really good, and I liked. Um, I think it was something you had brought up previously, Sean, about how one of the characters is trans, but they don't make a big deal of it. Like they acknowledge yeah. it, but nobody like it's like just yeah. accepted and it's sort of like incredibly progressive in that way. And, th- and then in the same way, the movie's like you no know, highlighting everyone being backwards as fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then the last thing I watched. Uh, and TJ might have caught like 15 minutes of it as he's falling asleep oh, on no. my couch. I was, I was out. I passed the fuck out. Uh, I watched Adam Sandler's Hustle, which I uh, and slow and yeah. Want <laughs> <laughs> to rap on the racket? You know it's hard out here for pimp. Watch that trick. Um, so one of the batteries for your dildo. No. Oh, that was the, that was the right. Walk that trick. <laughs> walk that trick. Walk that. Tr- oh, I think yeah, that yeah. song won an Academy Award. BT Dubs or got nominated. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked Hustle. It was you know basically like basketball. Jerry Maguire. Um, kind of blue chipsy kind of air up there, not as problematic as air up there. Um, <laughs> but like I was telling Sean before we started recording, like Adam Sandler seems to really like if you put him in a dramatic role that has any basketball in it, he does very well. I thought he did really well in this. So he, um, he's an agent in the movie. He's a he's a scout. So he's a scout, oh. and he's trying. He's a scout with the Sixers. Has been around for the Sixers forever, and he's finally getting a shot at being like an assistant coach. But then um, in sort of a uh, almost face-off-esque turn, the person who put him in the position of being a uh, an assistant coach, he got – he dies, so then he loses his assistant coach position and then uh, goes back to being a scout under Ben Foster, who's kind of criminally underused in the movie. And then he finds – just this- in general. 
Yeah, yeah so then, you could just say that like in every movie, really. So then he gets uh he goes back to being a scout, finds this kid in Spain who's just an absolute unit, and it's all about like sort of like his personal investment in that kid and like developing him and then getting him into the draft and I don't know, it was really cool. And like you said, I don't I mean, know, it's just something based, about it's based on a true story, isn't it? Is it based on a Pau Gasol? I no, I can't think of the guys. I mean, I think he plays for the Grizzlies now. The Valanciunas? Yeah. Well, I thought I, it was based on him, based on like a review I read about it. Hmm. Oh, I'm, I wasn't aware, but I don't know anything about basketball. So, um, and that being said, I don't know anything about basketball, so I don't know if which is weird because really like you went to Maryland. I would have thought they beat that India. Like, I mean, I know I'm supposed to hate Duke, and I know that I'm <laughs> supposed to like you know cheer for cheer for the Terps, but other than that, I'm not. I got if it wasn't that like those like four years I was there, I couldn't. I gotcha. just lost on me. Um, but, and so I would like, that's what I was talking to Sean, like Sean, Alec, I'd like you guys to, the people that are like really into basketball and more into basketball. I'd love to know your take on it. I really enjoyed it. And I really thought that like Adam Sandler gave a very like genuine performance in it. Um, I think he's, I think he's really, he seems to be really good in like that kind of like, if 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 you're not trying to make him like when his jokes seem like, like the things that actual humans would say in the moment, (laughs) like, as opposed to like, you know, like just utter silliness, right? But like, does he have too. an age-appropriate love interest in the movie? It's Queen Latifah, and she's wonderful in it. Huh? Yeah, it's his wife. Um, and hmm. they have a you know they have like a sweet relationship, and he's got a daughter who he like seems to genuinely care about. Who he feels bad about being like one of the reasons he wants to stop being an agent because he's missed her birthday every year because he's always on the road scouting people. And it's got like I didn't. So here's the other thing: you guys probably recognize. I know Trey Young's in it because they name check him. Because uh, a guy looked like a lollipop he dropped on a carpet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else was in the movie? Um, um, uh, Harry, Harry, Harry Hogan or whatever his name is. Oh Harry yeah, Hogan, Governor yeah, Robert Maryland, Robert Harry Duvall. Hogg. Harry yeah, Robert Duvall's in it. Um, uh, uh Doc, uh. Rivers, Doctor J, J is in it. Doc Rivers oh. is in it. Um, it's really—I don't know. I enjoyed. That's it. his, enjoyed that's his second movie he's been in that loosely revolves around the Sixers because the fucking uncut gems. It's the Celtics and the Sixers in the playoffs, if I recall. Yeah, yeah this movie ends up with the Celtics. I wonder. Yeah, this movie ends up with the Celtics Sixers uh, at the very end of the film. Um, but it's really cool. And then I don't know the young man who plays the Spanish uh, basketball player. He's yes. an absolute unit. It's not a. It's not about Valenzuelas. It stars Juan Hernan Gomez, who plays. Oh yeah, yeah. For, he's like a, a real basketball player, Gogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. He plays for yeah, the jazz. Real, he plays for the jazz right now. Right on. Uh, well, he, how is he? How, how is he in the? How is he in the movie, yeah. or how is he in his basketball? Yeah. No, no. How is he in the movie? I I thought he was believable, but it's it felt like it felt very like you know how Shaq was good in Blue Chips because it was like. This is what he does. So it felt gotcha. like, you know, you're not taking a fish out of water. Like, so he wasn't as good as Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems because he fucking rules in that movie. Oh, no, no. He was no Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was very, he was good. Why it. are you going to show it to me if I can't fucking have it? I was listening Kevin to Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems is just like the most underrated performance probably of all time. <laughs> he was on All That Smoke and he was talking about how they just cast him because they loved him. But every time he went there, they're like, oh, he can actually do this. So they just kept giving him more and more lines. He's yeah. only supposed to be there for like a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. he's he's really, 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 really good at it. 
Oh, and there's like one. I'm just the last thing, and I'll be done with it. Uh, Jaleel White shows up in like Urkel. Yeah, in like three scenes. It's just enough scenes for you to go. Is that Jaleel White? And then he like has like almost no lines. So if you it's really go, weird that he's involved in this. If you go really deep into basketball fucking lore in the '90s and the weird message boards, there was a theory that Shaq left Orlando because he caught Penny fucking Jaleel White. I swear to God, I'm not making it up. Like that, Shaq had gone to like an Army Navy store and bought a, like a balaclava and a bunch of shit, and was climbing up the side of Penny's house on a trellis or something, and caught the you two of them. Boning. Imagine that man <laughs> climbing a trellis, strong trellis. Especially then, when he was all muscle and just like a God, fucking monster. I hope that story's true. That's amazing. What a story! It couldn't. Have, it couldn't have had to do with the record contracts that the no, Lakers no. gave him. It's just because no, he didn't want to see Petty get fucked. But that's the ass. second version of that story that was going around, because the first version was that he walked in on Penny Hardaway blowing Dennis Scott in the locker room, that, like, not only were they passionately in love, but they couldn't even wait to get out of the facility, and Shaq just walks in there like, Shaquille, can't, I can't handle this. <laughs> God, that rules. I really hope that's true. Oh, God. Just this fucking splitter cell with Shaq infiltrating, like, fucking famous gay couples. Like, ah, yeah. Just, just guys on the down low. That yeah. Knows. <laughs> not, not anybody that anybody else would care about. Just people I, he knows. I just picture the fucking exclamation point going over their heads, like, in Metal Gear, while Shaq's, like, <laughs> hovering outside of this second story window. What was just that sound? <laughs> Just a refrigerator box. box just outside of their window. What was that sound? <laughs> oh, man. That's, awesome. that's everything I watched. All right. Uh, so, um, Gogs, what happened in, in Rush? So, in Rush, in Rush, we are uh, treated to... No Rush uh, songs in this movie. No, not a one Rush song, but we did get Give Me Some Lovin' yet again. Right, right away. Like, yeah. right away. It's a good tone setter for a movie. It really, yeah, it is. really is. So uh, you start with a Daniel Brühl voiceover about, you know, his he's doing his uh, his uh, Inglorious Bastards uh, Nation's Pride accent. And then... I, you mean his actual accent? Not, not to, yeah, not to correct like, you, but sure. it was slightly, like... Well, it, it was, was His voice was, was weird, I thought, in this. Yeah, like, he, it felt very... Like he was doing an impression. He pitched his voice in a weird way. Well, I think, way. I think, think, like, so I was looking at some stuff. I was, I ended up falling into a bit of a rabbit hole because I ended up looking at Nikki Lauda stuff afterwards. Oh, and he one. is hideous. He's yeah. a well, yeah, free so, burn. Like, so Daniel, yeah. Daniel Brule, like, had, like, false teeth in. Yeah. And I think he was yeah. really kind of, like, leaning into, like, how Nikki Lauda's kind of on, like, the efficiency spectrum of the Germans, like it's just all everything is very well, that's straightforward his, and like, that's his character in the movie yeah. is that he is German. Like, yeah, he is like German. He's every he's a, he's the stereotypical German engineer. Yeah. Um, um. And if you see the picture of Nikki Lauda, you really get all the rat jokes because he looks like a rat in real life. He does. Also, I saw pictures of him post burn, and he didn't look as bad as he did in the movie. Like I thought, they made him look worse. Some of them, no, some of the pictures in the are movie, he's also only like, like a days month and after. a half. Yeah, yeah it's, I guess it's, it's true. It's like six weeks later, so he doesn't even so, have new skin yet. Uh, I, I know we just got started, but this was like this part of the movie made my head scratch. So, so they start the movie, and it, and then it's a, a a like flash forward, basically. But then you get to that point later on in the movie, and it's not the end of the movie. I was like, why? Why did you do that? 
Like, it didn't make this, any sense. This whole movie has, like, biopic syndrome, and it's bad because it's a biopic of two people at the same time. I mean, we'll get into it, I'm sure, as we get along, but... But anyway, go like, ahead. Sorry. So, so Nikki Loud is talking about, I'm here chasing this idiot, and then it goes six <laughs> years in the future, or the past. This asshole. This asshole. And then uh, you get introduced to Nikki Lauda and James Hunt as they're racing Formula 3, which are kind of like, uh, you know, the AAU of racing open wheel. Uh, so they're zipping around, and then you get Give Me Some Lovin'. And the, the most of the movie, and there's not a lot to talk about, is really as far as most of the movie follows these two real F1 racers during the 1976 season where they're battling for the championship for points. And Nicky Lauda is this, uh, he buys his way onto a F1 team because he believes in himself and he doesn't have any other way to drive. So and he's he does, rich. And, uh, yeah, he's, well, he's, he has, rich. Yeah. Well, he takes out a loan. So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, why would they give somebody a loan unless there's collateral, like that kind of loan? Like, that's fair. So he gets, uh, he gets onto a team. It starts uh, fucking shit up in like his sort of. Uh, well, he gets on another team first. He gets on one team, and then Ferrari picks up him and his partner driver. I forget. What I the love. First team. I love the shot of Enzo Ferrari just sitting in a lawn chair, <laughs> yeah, reading yeah. a newspaper as F one cars are flying by. Yeah, him. this it is was very second movie Ferrari, I've seen. Bob. Yeah, in the last two years, featuring Enzo Ferrari in some way. Yeah, how weird is that? Right, I thought the same thing. Also, they say in the movie that every year two racers die. Is yeah. that true? Because good God, I, I mean, maybe back then, maybe in the seventies. I think I that's crazy. I'm, I'm sure like, it's not. I'm sure it's not as bad now. No, but like I was doing the math. He said there's 25 guys start every season. Two every. That's eight percent fatality rates. Like every year, that's wild. That's insane. Yeah, that's um, why it's like it's it's one of those like sports that. Is insanely popular everywhere else, yeah. Except yeah. America, like Europe, Asia, like they all fucking love that shit. I'm I'm so out of touch with it. Like I just looked up like all the champions, and like a black dude has been the champion like six times, like yeah, recently. It's like which I found like, interesting. It's fun that it's like fancy, whereas racing here is rednecking. <laughs> so, but everywhere else, it's like highbrow. Like this is like. People are like lords, and like people are like you know, like Ferraris involved and stuff. And here you F- got Valvoline. F one almost saved me from getting married. Remember when they had the Grand Prix of Baltimore? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I had to reschedule my wedding, and I should have been like, I should have just fucking canceled it. But I think this is an open. <laughs> yeah, right. That Grand um, Prix did not pan out like they thought it was going to. No, it did not. All that, all that money went nowhere. Yeah, there was supposed to be five. There was supposed to be five years of that minimum. They got one. Was it just one? I thought it was two. It was two. I think it was it two. Yeah, I think it was two. But they points the contract after that. Driving in the city that week was a fucking was wild, was wild. Yeah, cages, all the like, tires and shit. Yeah, yeah, right. You felt like, all right, I'm just gonna just whip it around this. Come on, Dukes of Hazard yeah. it a little bit through here and see what the center can you, do. Yeah, dogs. Didn't one of the years you you ended up kind of cheating and you got to watch the whole race from a bar? Like we you, went. So I took my dad and we we got grandstand seats right by the <laughs> uh, right by the right by the start finish line. Mm-hmm. But like, there's not a lot of action. All you saw was just like it was like every minute and a half it was just v v v v v v v v v, and then like, and then the Dollar General car came through like v like last. Um, <laughs> but you didn't really get to, all. It just was just going a straight line. So me and my dad just started wandering around, 
we made it somehow into like the pits, like mm-hmm. uh, underneath the uh, underneath the convention center, and then we walked across some bridge, and we were so this is what this is what's wild. We walked across some bridge over by um, it's not Vic and Anthony's. What's that two name bar over by uh, Orioles Stadium? It's Nick and something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that that bar was just on the other side of the fence. So like everyone on that side of the fence didn't have to pay a dime, and those were great. I just stood there, and it was right where they did like a chicane, like a little like thing to like speed happening basically, and you could watch them like weave through it. And there was a cop there shooting radar on the on the F1 cars and they were like entering the thing at like 120 and like driving it all the way down to like 80 when they like it's like and then like flying out and then going around to like a 90 degree turn. That was right. I just stand there just drinking a beer going, oh that's fun. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I should have just paid no money and just shown up there, but <laughs> mistakes were made. Um and well the city made mistakes too. Frank, so Frank and Nick's Frank and Nick's that's it. Um so anyway it's following their season and you've got hothead James Hunt played by Thor, and he is driving the smallest Mini Cooper around in most of his casual scenes. Yeah, like it's like a clown car. It's fast. It's the largest it's, auto he can afford. Yeah, he's like shall I be made the subject of fun? Um, <laughs> yeah, and then he he bangs Natalie Domer, who's in this movie for some reason. I don't. And know. And then he bangs um, Olivia Wilde. They did have a yeah. great line in that uh, where the guy's like, "He is an immortal fuck." I was like, "Oh, dope." Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a title. <laughs> that dude, that other dude, that the guy that said he had was a, an immortal fuck, like uh, yeah. great mustache. Oh, uh, the, the mustache Italian guy named Clay. <laughs> yeah, amazing mustache. I'm yeah, but his name, his last name had two Z's and ended in an I to make up for his first name having to be Clay. I was like yeah. Clay Caranzanzi. Yeah, just Caranzanzi. Clay Clay Mezzanine. Cargo yeah. fast these. <laughs> So, uh, so you basically get this tale of two guys. You got James Hunt, who's like a hothead, like just, uh, you know, he's, he's playing an he's American, maverick. even though yeah, he's British. He's not necessarily a hothead, but he's just yeah, in it for he's in it for the things he can get from it. He wants to yeah. be popular. He wants to party. He wants yeah. all the benefits of being a champion. Whereas Nicky Lauda is just driven to be the champion because he wants to be the best. James yeah. Hunt doesn't care about being the best. He just wants the fame. I don't know. I think James Hunt wants to be the best. I just think he doesn't. But he, he wants to be the best, like Alex reasons. said, for the benefits, like the fringe benefits I mean, of that. Not out, so much like the, yeah. At the end of the movie, he flat out says it. He's like, I didn't work. You know, he's, he's what does he say? He's like, he's like I didn't work, work my ass off all this time to not enjoy to not right. enjoy it. Like he yeah. doesn't like he doesn't like I think that scene at the very end, like he just that's the, the dynamic between the two of them. Like, like Nicky Lauda's like, well, you got to get back to work. And he's like, I don't like I don't care. I already got to the like, I got like six. I got like six months, bro. Yeah. yeah he doesn't give a shit. So. So, yeah, it sort of follows them through their season <laughs> where it's. They, uh, they were rivals in F3. Nicky Lauda is like rising through the ranks, gets signed with Ferrari. He's just, he's like just dominating because he's like very wonderfully, he's good at this technically. And then James Hunt's bad. He's good at this because he's a risk taker, right? Yeah, That's he's a real cold dynamic. trickle. So it's, it's Iceman, it's Iceman versus Maverick, right? Yeah. So, um, the, the racing season goes on and get a montage of all their different F1 wins and Nicky Lauda's winning, Nicky Lauda's winning and then they get to this race uh, in Germany where it's raining 
And I think it's absolutely insane that they actually would say, yeah, let's keep this going. But they, these guys race like rain or shine, no matter what sounds like. And Nikki Lada leads a vote, a vote to try and say, hey, it's too dangerous out here to race. We shouldn't race today. And then the crowd is sort of swayed by James Hunt going, well, you're in first place. You just don't want to cancel this race so you can protect, you're scared, protect your lead. So you go through this. And I watched the actual like footage of this wreck. It is horrific. So we forgot to mention that Nikki Lauda won the championship the year before. Yeah, Nikki, yeah, Nikki Lauda is. So James Hunt is chasing him because there is somewhat of a competitive itch in him that he really wants to beat Nikki yeah. Lauda. Like that's one of the problems I have with the movie. Even though like I they spell it out like where you are year wise, the movie doesn't feel like it takes place over several years. And like at the end, they're like, "I've known you for years." And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is like a multi-year movie. Like, it doesn't feel like it, though. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think know, it's I, tough. It's I, tough I, with, like, different sports like this, too, that you don't know. Like, a NASCAR season is, like, almost a full year long. Yeah. I don't know what Formula One is, but, like, watching, like, Days of Thunder, like, that shit took place over the course of, like, nine months. But it feels yeah. like it was, like, a few weeks. Right. Because I don't watch it, so I can't follow also nascar stupid because their big event is the first event of the season yes yeah, the, they should play the super bowl the first game of the season yeah. so f1 <laughs> f1 looks like it runs february to november jesus christ yeah so that's yeah. like nine nine months out of the year yeah it's a long it's a long go um, i wonder if it has breaks like you know how like british soccer does where it's like the season's like year round basically but they take like three months off or whatever the fuck it looks like it's roughly no, to go two on holiday <laughs> it, looks, it looks like it's about two events a month just for the whole well, I was wondering this about seems that like a lot after he gets into the accident that, that we just talked about like he's out of commission but like he had enough points where he's still like the the points leader like how many he only races? missed two he only missed two races I think okay of, like, so he was out was, six weeks, but yeah. the way that the races lined up, right? It's not like he missed like eight races or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. So he's a burned up freak now. Well, he, he goes almost, and he gets into a wreck. Yeah, well, like, turns into a fucking David Cronenberg movie for ten minutes. Yeah, he's burning. He's the guy is like. I think they. I, th- I was looking. Like I'm saying, I fell into sort of like a like a rabbit hole. Of the whole thing. I think he ended up in the car on fire for like. 80 seconds or two minutes and like he you know (laughs) they pull him out and he gets i mean the fact that this guy was on fire for that long and then he gets like severely burned goes into rehab and like 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 almost using star wars level of holding yourself together with hate for six weeks (laughs) revan that that sequence where they had to like suck his lungs out that yeah Oh my it's god! It's a fucking horror movie. Like, there's some like serious oh. gore in this movie. There's a really gross compound fracture too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, like, I, did Ron Howard just realize that you can put titties in movies? Because there's a <laughs> lot of titty in this movie. <laughs> like a lot. No, yeah. Nicky Lauda was just such a sex symbol that he felt he Hell had to yeah. put it in. Yeah. Yeah. There oh, is yeah. a lot rat. of titty good, in this movie. I was shocked. Forget like, about good old Rat Boy. 
<laughs> you know what's funny is like usually in these biopics, like the the actor's way better looking than the real life person, but James Hunt is pretty close, like as far yeah, as they, regular yeah, people. Yeah, really handsome man. He was. They showed like, the real one at the end. I'm like, wow, it's pretty close. He also looked humongous. Like I couldn't tell how tall he was, but he looked big. Yeah. Um, he felt big. He felt big. Classic, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. Sean yeah. <laughs> so, so Nikki is in rehab. Oh, he got married. Rehab? He found love. Uh, rehab? Um, rehab. Oh, rehab. Rehab? <laughs> uh, he broke his nose. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, so he's going through rehab, and now James Hunt is like dominating. So it's this huge deal where six weeks later, all of a sudden Nikki Lauda is back um, racing again. Like he's all fucked up. Um, I love that scene where like James Hunt's like, what's going on? Like, Oh, Nikki's here. Yeah. And everybody's like, like Oh, yeah. let me go see him. I got to talk to him. Like, no, he's racing. He's yeah. like, he's like strapping in right now. Yeah. Can we talk about like, like I know that the British press are like a bunch of assholes. Well, that like, did, that that, that actually didn't happen though. Like it yeah, felt that, really fucking that fake. Question where it's like, yeah. do you think your wife will ever love you again because you're a burned up freak? Like what the <laughs> fuck? Like what the fuck was that? Well, that was Ron Howard hoping he put that in there, hoping for uh, <laughs> confirmation that his wife will love him because he looks like a burned up freak. <laughs> <laughs> Wife like goes to bed at night. She's like, I should have married Clint. Hey, Gary Oldman <laughs> and Hannibal, does your dick still work? Yeah, yeah what the hell? That was yeah, like, we... some, like, I mean, I, it, I don't know. Maybe like somebody actually did ask that question, but I have a very hard time believing it. Like it was no, he, ridiculous. That was that was made up for the movie. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell. <laughs> this is also like, where they introduce Gogs' favorite dynamic in movies: the begrudging respect angle, which mm-hmm. doesn't really work that well from the way the movie's structured. Well, I don't apparently, know. as I, I read it, apparently in real life, they were, like, closer. Like, they yeah, were, they were, much, they were much better friends in... Yeah, right. they, like, like... They were, like, roommates when they were in Formula 3. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the... the A lot of the tension was for our sake. Yeah. For our benefit. Um, yeah. So now, so Nikki's back. He's racing. They're racing the final event of the year. It is in Japan. It's raining again. Godzilla's all, there. All we do is he needs there's, to beat Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Usually, let's go again about twelve thousand feet. Shin Mothra on turn up. three. Um, <laughs> so now all that needs to happen is James Hunt. Nikki Lauda needs to beat James Hunt to win, or if Nikki Lauda doesn't finish mm-hmm. or whatever, James Hunt just needs to. Get fourth place or better. It's a Flint Tropics scenario. Yeah, so it turns into fucking NFL playoff math. Yeah, I was trying to figure like in my head, like basically, I feel like if Nicky Lauda just finishes the race, yeah, wouldn't he? Win? He, he would have still won the points. I don't, I don't know. Think you Do get you get, get points? Po- okay. Do you get you only any get points po- in like the top five? Okay. Ow. Gotcha. Because well, James go. Hunt got three. No, he got like six points for being. I think maybe to finish in the top ten. But, like, James Hunt got six points, or no, not even that, four points for finishing fourth. And he needed three points to tie. So, uh, I think the points fall off significantly once you get out of, like, the top five or whatever. Right. Um. So, Nikki's driving, and it's raining, and he's, like, he's sort of flashing back. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this again. He thinks about his wife. He's like, I'm not I'm not throwing it out. No, I refuse. Yeah, like, this isn't worth to, it. Previous to 
I maybe it happened before. I can't remember if it happened. I think it maybe before the accident, but like there, there's like a really clunky scene with Nikki Lauda getting married and like in on his honeymoon and like he's all awkward and weird. But basically, he's like uh, you know he discovers what love is and that he has something to lose now. And I don't know. Then he wants the, to know have that weird the fountain ha- scene where they're fucking like, underwater. Happiness is the enemy of. Happiness uh, is just the enemy. Yeah, happiness is the enemy because then you yeah have something. It's a weakness. You, you, he yeah. should have been like, I read enough Daredevil comics. It's the plot of every Daredevil story. Like <laughs> Daredevil wasn't even around then. What? Daredevil was loosely based on this 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 race. I think Goggs yeah. is correct. He was based on the race track. <laughs> he was based on the nineteen. 19- Dare the character Daredevil, Daredevil was based on the nineteen seventy six F one season. It's really obscure. <laughs> Um, also, Daredevil was around in 1976. But not the stories I'm referencing. Oh, okay. Still technically, right? Gotcha. So uh, so he says, screw the it, best I'm kind out. of correct. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, James Hunt goes on to battle through it and uh, take fourth place. He wins the Mega Bowl. That puts him as the points leader, and he becomes the F1 champion of the world. And, and then the movie ends. Then we got no, like a, it then the movie sort I of said has a, it ends two more times. Yeah, it has yeah. some awkward, oh some awkward codas here. Why the, the coda sucks? Why does this movie not just end after this race? Like it's like what it, it goes on for like, like twenty more minutes. Like I already got the theme of the people by the very broad strokes they paint them in. I didn't need it to be fucking circled back to at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they, yeah. They, so they were so James and. James and Nikki meet at a uh, at a private. Well, no, that, jet it, that doesn't even lot. happen yet. They have the fucking Rocky Two montage of like smell like an animal, all his fucking endorsements yeah. and shit. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I already, I know, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so James gets the fame he he always wanted. Nikki's just doing whatever. Then 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 they meet at a at a uh, a G six. But did you ever garage. get the feeling that these guys weren't already incredibly famous, considering like Nikki Lauda right. that where they pull over and those two dudes freak out about yeah, him? Been, yeah, they've been, they've been incredibly famous. Like yeah, that's very, what, yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's like my car's dog shit. Um. So yeah, and then you, they, you sort of have a quick character recap of you know I'm efficient, you're fun. Uh, and then, you know, you find out that James Hunt later never really raced again, never won another championship, died of a heart attack at 45. And uh, Nikki Lada won two more F1 championships, um, which is sort of an, um, that's sort of a more amazing comeback he story. He also had like a weird like Donald Sterling marriage later on because he's got kids that are like 11. Oh really? Oh, like right now, like present day. <laughs> like, he, he, gross. he passed away a few years like, ago. Like twenty seventeen yeah. or twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that's it. That is Ron Howard's uh, rush. So I'm just gonna go out on Front Street and say I think this movie would have been better if they picked one of the characters. One, yeah, exactly. Like I kind of wanted the Nikki Lauda movie. Like I feel like Nikki. What's more the Nikki Lauda movie than it is the James Hunt movie? But it's, but it's, it's still, still both. It's like it's taught. It, it reminds me of. I, it's funny because I was just talking about this movie the other day for a different reason. But you guys remember Troy, the movie Troy? Yeah, yeah. It was a movie that like didn't have a protagonist, and it really suffered for it. Like it was. Well, like, there was a protagonist it. on both sides of the. Yeah, board. and it doesn't work. Like well, it, it's it like there's not enough. Like I, I know they said they dramatized like their rivalry, but the rivalry doesn't feel that strong because like for half of it, one of them's in the hospital. 
And then the other one doesn't have a sponsor, but that's resolved really quickly. Like, there's not enough, like, enmity between the two of them to make it super compelling to have two leads. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, that's, I agree with that. I, I don't know. It, it, I felt like, I felt like if they could just focus a little bit more, it would have made the movie better. Like, I didn't hate the movie, but I felt like that hurt the movie a lot. And I feel like, like, the pacing was, was really bad. Like, I felt like this movie really had pacing problems. And lastly, the thing was, uh, I thought all the love interests interests were completely useless. You can cut them all out. Like, they didn't yeah. need to be in the movie. The well, Olivia yeah. Wilde subplot is pointless. Yeah. The, the Natalie Domer, I don't even know why she's in the movie at Natalie all. Natalie Domer was yeah, kind of, like, wasted, I guess. Well, so like, you know that he fucks. No, right, yeah. but you, you, you see him fucking <laughs> montages. It's fine. Right. Like, isn't he does it a more, wedding crashers montage. Isn't it more prolific? Or that's not the word I want to use. But isn't it more impactful if like he's just fucking random girls and you never even know any of their names? Like yeah. that that's more of a statement that know. he has no connection with anyone. Like I, I mean, I, I didn't think the Olivia Wilde stuff was bad, and I didn't mind I like the I didn't it. mind the storyline with I just loudest wife. I don't know if it was bad or it was good. I just didn't feel like it needed to be there. They like they spell out the thesis like in the first when uh, Lord Cartoon Bottom, that guy that owns <laughs> yeah. the team, why ever he's in there, um, he's like. Men love women, but they love cars even more. It's like, yes, show me the cars. You know what I love in this movie? Like, this is a very small thing that's in car movies. Makes me wish I had a stick shift. When they do that shot of the quick clutch shift, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Every movie, I fucking love that shot. I want to do that. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I, I, the movie's Shifting gears like, versus women. Shifting yeah, gears wins every time. 100%. Like, I, I've been with women. I've never shifted a car cool. <laughs> like... <laughs> The movie's gorgeous, but like to TJ's point, like the movie is like a fantastic looking movie, but to TJ's point, it's got the same problem Days of Thunder does where it's like when they're doing the racing shit, I'm in it. When anything else is happening, I'm bored as fuck. I don't don't know. I kind of, I, I was sort of there for it. I enjoyed the whole, I enjoyed the whole thing. Like I enjoyed like the character stuff. I enjoyed like, I just thought, I mean, the only thing I didn't like about it, the thing that I liked the least about it was their little, their little chit chat at the end in the in the hangar like that was unne- oh, I felt like that, that was, sucked. I thought that was really sort of t- felt tacked on and unnecessary. But I liked the rest of it. I loved. I like. I thought Daniel Brühl and um, Chris Hemsworth had good chemistry. I thought that you know they were both doing a very good job, and I thought they were very well acted. Like, yeah, I feel like you, you could ditch the entire like their wives thing and just have more scenes between the two of them. Yeah, maybe like I don't know, and then cut a half an hour out of the movie because I is, think they're trying. It yeah. is too fucking long. Yeah, it's yeah, it's two hours and one minute or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think they're just trying to what? They're trying to make rounded characters or whatever. You needed a reason for Nikki to stop. Well, no, I, I agree race. with you, but like, it's nothing like. You don't get very deep in anybody. Like you know that Nikki Loud is German. You know that James Hunt likes poon and that but that is just constantly reinforced through the entirety of the movie like i i don't i don't feel like i learn anything new about either of these two people nobody changes which is fine you don't have to have like an actual arc in every movie but it's just like they're devoting a lot of time to character building when the characters are pretty static i guess that's true and i mean i guess they're trying i think they're, they're trying to make it seem like people change it might be minuscule amounts they both do change a little bit yeah because nikki nikki gives up a little bit of his drive to and, win so he can save himself for his wife and 
James gives up a little bit of his flamboyant, not flamboyance, his like hot-headedness, ex- excess, I guess, so he can hunker down and focus when he has a chance to catch up on Nikki and wins however many races in a row to because he wins the race, he crashes, then he wins the next two to get himself back in the back in back the in the standings. Like I feel like the movie's about how they affect each other. Yeah, yeah, not and not it, it, so much like anything else. And it could but be I do, one of those. I do agree that like you, I feel like you need you need the you need the wife arc on Nikki's side to show why he leaves at the end, but right. the stuff with on James Hunt's side, like is, yeah. is inconsequential. Like they show her, what's her name? Olivia Wilde, like listening to the final race. Oh, that was so yeah. stupid. Like <laughs> why? Yeah. Like why would she yeah. care? And yeah. maybe it's like just an audience thing. Maybe like if we were all European of a certain age, like it would be easier to digest. Cause like if it was a movie by I don't know, fucking Hideo Nomo versus uh, fucking Pedro Martinez. But like, okay, I can fill in the gaps because I know this story already. Sure. But, like, because I don't have, like, any familiarity with the subject matter, it just seems kind of blank. Well, I mean, it's yeah. probably for mass appeal, too, right? To give them be more... Otherwise, you're just going to get a straight... They made a... There's a there's a F, there's a documentary, the two of these guys, which now I kind of want to watch from 2013, that is just, like, the straight story of their 76th season. That I'd, I'd rather watch that. I would, I would like to see that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that is that is it. That is Rush. Uh, Five-knuckle shuffle time. <laughs> Alec. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I did not enjoy it as much as Days of Thunder. Um, and it is a little too long, and it is definitely clunkier at points. Like, I felt like... I didn't mind. I didn't have a problem with the scenes where, like, so the scene where they get he he leaves, uh, whatever to go get married. He leaves his press conference or whatever to go get married, and then like immediately you see him the scene of him like staring out the window, pondering, like that. Those those two scenes shouldn't have been like right next to each other. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like I, I the problems that I have with the movie, I guess, aren't really character driven it's more ron howard driven and his yeah. choices and how to like cut the movie together it feels a lot and like um, points. what was the jim braddock movie uh with russell crowe that he directed uh, also cinderella man yeah like maybe he just shouldn't do sports movies but he definitely seems to have an eye for capturing the sport but i don't yeah. know it definitely, there are definitely problems with it, but I still overall enjoyed it. I saw this movie when it came out, and I liked it. I liked it then too. I remember enjoying it. Um, and fuck, movies make me, <laughs> movies really make me wish I was into like car racing because it right. seems awesome. It seems incredible. But yeah, I can't imagine just sitting there, especially in person, like <laughs> just especially in person, especially at like a Formula One race, like Gog said. The people come around like once every three minutes, and like usually sitting there waiting in between, and just woo, 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 woo. 
If, if, like, if you had, like an elevated position that you could see the entire track at once, that'd be something. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you a really lot of those, into a it, a lot of those races, like the ones they showed, are like through like countryside. Oh yeah, yeah. They're you know, like through woods and stuff. Like, you can't. You have to oh, rent a zeppelin. What really was the one it. called? Like the Grave Digger or something? Yeah. yeah. I feel it's like, like on, cool. it's an awesome name for a race. Track. It's like imagine being like at the Tour de France and just standing there, and they go by once, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah that's my know. day. Time to drive <laughs> ahead another thirty miles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get in that it, watching it on TV would be the best way to watch it. The only way you could really see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, who's next, Alan? Uh, TJ. Uh, that's me. I'm TJ. Um, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to give it a, it's a six for me, dog. I almost gave it a five, but I think the acting is really good. Like, I really like Daniel Brule a lot in this. I thought that, uh, Chris Helmsworth was really good in it. Uh, I, like I said, I, this movie is held back by its director. Like, I'm sorry, Ron Howard is just, I, I, he's got go home heat with me. Like, I feel like if you gave this to a different director, it'd be a better movie. Like, I just don't. He doesn't have like, he doesn't have like an edge to him. There's nothing like, it's like competently made, but like there's nothing. There's no like, there's no like spice. Like there, like he he'll give you like a good A to B movie, but like I don't know. There's a lot of choices in here that I don't understand. Like I don't like I, like I said in the very beginning of the show, the weird time jump that they do like doesn't make any sense because. Like, why did you time jump to something that's not the end of the movie? Or like, really, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed strange to me. Oh, like um, Daredevil. Speaking yeah, of, exactly. Um, well, they are I, based on each other. I I didn't think the racing was done as well as in Days of Thunder. I I enjoyed it. I thought that the the racing was fine. I didn't I didn't like it as much as in Days of Thunder or in Ford versus Ferrari. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it for the most part. I just didn't think it was like great. And I think again, if you if you caught a half an hour out of this movie, it's probably in like eight territory. But like there's a lot of things holding it back. And again, like I, the all of the love interests on the Chris Hemsworth side completely per- pointless to me. It felt like they only had they only had his so that you could have the Nikki Lauda side too, like it had to be balanced for some fucking reason. Also, like the um, the point where, uh, like uh, James Hunt, like almost reti- like he he like almost can't race anymore. It's like thrown in a weird part of the movie. That's when his like marriage falls apart. And it's just like then he bounces right back from that. I, it's very, I don't know. Again, the movie is it's got very bad, in my opinion, very very bad pacing problems. Um, that really hold it down, but uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a six for me, dog. Uh, Sean, uh, it's a six for me too. Like, uh, it's I I said it before, but I think this movie's like gorgeous. Like, I think the cinematography is like really good, especially like trying to shoot all that shit in the dark in the rain. And I thought that like it looks really good. It it's missing like kind of like the sense of speed that some of the other movies we watched. Did and I I think I don't know if that's just an editing choice or whatever, but like this is just like the fucking uh, the Dante's Peak to Ford versus Ferrari's volcano. Even though this (laughs) came out first, like it's uh, Ford versus Ferrari's moving a lot of really similar beats, but like they focus, you know, there's the antagonist relationships like with the 
fucking like sponsors and stuff and the the um owners and not between two drivers so they don't have to like get like you know that everybody's just some kind of business asshole and i get that like i can identify with that but like it's really just focused on the dynamic between carol shelby and uh ken alec help me out what's christian bale's name what's that guy's name ken miles yeah i think Yeah, yeah yeah And that movie, I think, is probably just as long, if not longer, but, like, it fucking rules. Like, that movie's it's a half awesome. an hour. That movie's half an hour longer. Yeah. Um, and this one is just kind of, like, eh. Like, I don't know. And, like, the fucking, the, the ending, the coda, and the pre-coda coda are fucking abysmal. Like, that montage of him doing his sponsors needs to be in the middle of the movie. Yeah. When he's yeah. getting famous, not after we already understand that he is famous. It's and then just like them, like I'm still German and you're still a party boy. Like, okay, yeah, I know, I, I know that. Scheisse. <laughs> you want to touch my monkey? No, but like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it just falls really flat. And I think everybody, Alec and TJ, are both right. Like, it's a Ron Howard problem more than an anything else problem. Um, yeah, I was just, I was just looking through his filmography and like. He has got so many fucking misses. Oh, it's a brutal. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Apollo 13's pretty good. Yeah. Gung Ho's really good. That, that movie does rule. Like, yeah, there's not movie. a lot of, like, actual bangers in there, though, considering <laughs> what people think of Ron Howard and, like, his filmography. Yeah. Like, a lot of really boring procedural stuff. Frost yeah. Nixon. They're like, didn't he do, fuck? like, the shipping news or something, too? Was that him? Uh, yeah, yeah. He did in the heart of the sea, which I always wanted to watch but never did. But he I don't did, even know he what did that back is. Backdraft. I bet yeah. you, if you went back and watched Backdraft right now, you wouldn't like it that much. Oh, I, I've watched it recently. I still. Like oh yeah, Backdraft. okay. Yeah. And he did Willow. Someone else I've watched recently. Still like that. But yeah, it's a six just because of the photography. But other than that, like I find the movie not like terribly interesting at all. Like Daniel Bruhl's fine. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is. Chris Hemsworth, like, he's charming, like, just naturally, but, like, I don't feel like he's really, like, stretching a whole lot, and I guess the role yeah, doesn't call for that man, it, but... That man is just full of, like, just natural charisma. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. But, yeah, and then the the wife roles are, like, totally thankless, and... And then that, that, again, I know I brought him up earlier, but that fucking British Lord fucking friend of his that owns a team is like, what is... Like, I forgot, because that, like, disappears from the movie, and then, like, there's feels like there's plots they wanted to bring up, like, uh, Clay Mustache was like, oh, yeah, you're always family until you lose, but that's never really addressed, there's yeah. no tension on that side, it's just kind of like, whatever. Everything gets set up, like, uh, whoever mentioned the uh, sponsorship issue with Chris Hemsworth, like, everything gets set up and resolved, like, in two minutes, and two just kind of wanders around for the rest of it and it like he like his life was ruined you know what i mean yeah. he's like de- totally desolate uh, de- destitute and then yeah. it's just like oh i'm fine now yeah like which again might be true to life but like it doesn't make it very compelling especially when they've already like changed other shit to try and make the movie more compelling i don't know maybe if it was just like alex said in real life where they're like roommates and then they have this rivalry that kind of grows out of that like that's an interesting tack but like the way they have it set up just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, Gox. Uh, this is also a seven for me. I like I like this movie. I think I'm a I think I'm a Ron Howard apologist. Like I like 
Apollo 13. I like a lot of the stuff he's done. I like a movie that's, I know, I know based on true story movies aren't necessarily super popular, uh, in on movie the podcast, but I, I I like it when it's sort of like grounded in not even sort of ground it's grounded in like what really happened and I thought it was compelling. I thought Daniel Brule I liked what you know everything but like honestly everything but that little coda in the in the hangar I I, I enjoyed. I liked the dynamic between the two of them. I didn't mind I mean I could see editing the wife stuff. I don't mind it being there. Uh I like I liked all the racing. I think I'd like F1 racing a lot more than I'd like NASCAR. Um, and, you know, some of that stuff with the sponsorship and, like, losing stuff and, like, all the like, the corporate stuff is sort of glossed over. I mean, they they, they touch on a little bit, right? Like, after Nikki gets his crash, they have that, that press conference where they're like, you know, I heard Ferrari hired your replacement before you even got to the hospital. Like, sort of, like, how kind of cold and callous it all is. Yeah, but it amounts um, to nothing. I, I mean, it's sort of, I, I guess, but it sort of paints the, like the picture of like, you know, what this how this guy must feel about, you know, he does all this for these folks and they don't, you know, give a rat's ass about him. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it, and if it wasn't for the little coda piece at the end, like some of, the, yeah, if you chopped top twenty five thirty minutes off of this movie, it's an eight. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Uh, I was interested in it, it was, and the rivalry and. The, the rivalry and the stakes felt a lot more. Uh, I had a lot more invested in it than I did between Russ Wheeler and Cole Trickle. That's for sure. Um, so no, I, I liked it. I didn't. I did not mind it. I thought I was not going to like it at all because it's like I thought this was some movie that just flew under the radar and spent a week in the theaters and didn't do anything. Um, but yeah. So not a certified good ass movie, but. I wonder if it's the same aggregate score as it's pretty good. Days of Thunder. It's a pretty good ass movie. It's a pretty good ass. All movie. right, whose pick is it next week? Do you have one? Because I'm yeah, still I have waffling. One. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm picking Death Race 2000. The yeah. original. Wait, which one? Oh, the, original. the original, the Corman one. 1975's Death Race 2000. Not the Wild remake. No. Uh, I, you know, I heard that was good though. It is Shots, good. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, should I pick the remake? No, I'm no, picking pick, the original. Pick the original. Oh. Yeah, we can see Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And and uh David, David Carradine as Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I think, yeah. yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Some schlocky Roger Corman movie. Hell and yeah. I think it's like an hour and eighteen minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very short. He, he only had enough he only had so much film. Yeah. He probably filmed it in like a day and a half. Yeah, What's it's probably all it? on short ends too. Is twenty fifty twenty fifty is the one, the twenty seventeen one that's basically the remake. Yeah. And then didn't they make like three or four like Jason Statham? They made death four race? Statham ones. Well, I think oh, like God. Paul Thomas Anderson made one, and then they made two more that were bad enough that Paul Thomas Anderson wouldn't be involved. So, like, wow. take what you will from that. Yeah. When you with uh, or, it, or, it, it, yeah, WS, yeah, WS, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not uh, not not PT Anderson, PT uh, Anderson's Death Race 4. All right, well, that's uh, that's the show this week. You know what to do, eat your own ass, uh, stay hydrated, God help you, please. Stay all hydrated, right. and uh, bye bye. Yeah, don't get bye-bye. kidney stones, okay? So <laughs> weird, <be>, okay, <laughs> stay high, stay high, good advice.